First and foremost, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. Like every Christmas, this time of the year brings bigger bellies, lighter pockets. That's the combination. No matter how hard we normally try to get ahead of the holiday seasons, it seems to continue to increase in the cost that it takes to survive. Every year, we have more and more cost. If this was you and you had an uncontrolled amount of expenses that left you feeling speechless, this year, I want to equip you with how you can save Christmas next year by eliminating financial stress. Now, what we cover today goes beyond just Christmas savings. This can be used in your everyday life. However, if you will apply this to Christmas next year, you will surely thank me for your lack thereof financial stress. Let's jump in. Welcome to the Financial Mirror. Financial Mirror where future success is reflected in our knowledge of fixing the one thing we can control ourselves. Thank you for joining me today on The Financial Mirror as we continue to improve the one thing you can control yourself. If this is the first time that you are joining in, thank you so much for, first off, joining The Financial Mirror. This is a great uh great podcast, great stream. If you want to take control of your finances, everything that we focus on here is about you. Everything that we do here at the financial mirror is about how you can control your financial success, your financial future. If you are finding this on YouTube or Facebook, please don't forget to hit subscribe or like on the video and subscribe to the channel. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform of your choice, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, both of those give you the option to do a five-star review. Go ahead and leave that five-star review and a written comment as that goes a long way in getting this information to more and more listeners. Thank you so much. And as I started off in the intro, I want to say it again. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I hope that if you're listening to this on Christmas as it's going live, uh, great. Like That's awesome. Uh, hopefully, it really hits home with what the topic is for today. If you are listening to this on a podcast, well, that's on Tuesday or even later, depending on when you caught this episode. But if you're listening to this on a podcast on Tuesday, I hope you had a Merry Christmas. I really do. And this is going to be an episode, like I stated in the intro, that you can use regardless of if this is, you know, if you want to use it for Christmas, that's the intent. But you can use it on anything. If you have financial stress in your life, this can help eliminate it. And and I'm not just talking, you know, financial stress in terms of, well, you know, I just I just can't get out of debt. This isn't really debt driven, uh, but it, it can help you from picking up debt. Right. This can this is like a preventive measure for debt. Uh, many people, this is what sends them into debt, right? So not being able to do something like this is what normally gets people in some type of financial struggle. So uh, as we all know, like I said, this is going to be focused around Christmas, but this this process, this the application of this can be used no matter where you're at in terms of what you're trying to use it for. But back to Christmas, Christmas every year, is a great time, right? Like it's truly a great time. You get to spend time with family. 
You get to eat tons and tons of food. Uh, I saw it when I was out driving around uh, yesterday. I saw this sign and it said Christmas calories don't count. Right. So Christmas calories don't count. I, I don't know how how we how we do that, how the body knows. But some for some reason, I, I was told Christmas calories don't count. You can eat as much as you would like. But all in all, you get tons of food, you get lights, you get music, you get gifts, you get all of these things. And whatever it is for you, Christmas is 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 a time it's a special time and 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 it's a time that i i hope you get everything that that you were you were betting on for this christmas we got to do some uh we got to go out to a couple of different uh, light lighting areas uh this christmas so i thought that was that was a phenomenal phenomenal time besides it was cold i didn't really prepare for it uh but when i was when, I, when my wife told me where we were going i was like oh okay that'll be that sounds like a ton of fun we, like looking forward to that did not realize that it was going to be 17 degrees when we were out walking around. So I did not properly plan for where we were going to look at these lights. But, you know, it, it kind of made it all the better when you get around all of these people uh, with all of their body heat. And you're so appreciative. No, I'm just kidding. Around the lights. The lights were great. Uh, and and it, it was a great time. But hopefully your Christmas has been great. Hopefully you, if you did travel, you didn't run into any travel delays. Uh, and there's been so many airports that have had backlog of travelers due to the snowstorm and, you know, tack on the snowstorm with the holiday. You can see how that can affect a lot, a lot of people. I've definitely had my share of travel delays around holidays. We actually got stuck overnight in Charlotte, North Carolina last year going back to Alabama for Christmas. And this is where I learned uh, that if you walk out of the terminal with a ticket that's technically for the next day, even though you landed that night in that terminal, if you walk out of the terminal, they will not let you back in until the next day. I learned that. I learned it the hard way. If you already knew that, great for you. You did not run into it like I did. If you did not know that, congratulations. You now found out a new hard fact that will possibly come in use one day especially if you have flights with tons of legs um that sounds weird flights with tons of legs tons of legs of layovers tons of legs of flights uh, anyways hopefully you didn't have travel delays hopefully we, you know I'm, I'm going off on tangents today i guess but it's christmas right like everything everything goes christmas calories don't count so if you just walked out uh of the terminal you don't get to walk back in if your tickets for the next day just so you know so hopefully you didn't have that hopefully no christmas uh travel delays hopefully everything was joyous everything was jolly great food great family great lights great music great everything right now with all that so all this good stuff we talked about with all that there's a good chance that you might feel like your pockets are a little lighter right there's a good chance while your belly may be full your pockets might seem a little lighter and that's you know what i wanted to create this episode for because now is the time to if that was you this year it doesn't have to be you next year so i want to go over this episode because i want to better your next year i looked at the facts on this americans spend about a thousand dollars each christmas right a thousand dollars and that's just on shopping Okay, that's just on shopping. Around 75% of shoppers shop last minute, right? So if the average American family is spending $1,000 uh, on Christmas, 75% of those that are spending 1000 are shopping last minute. 
If you are a last minute shopper and you you're putting it, you're asking for an extra thousand dollars to be put into your budget. You could see how this could be a tight month. You could see how you could start to feel a little overwhelmed. You could see how the stress just starts to add up because I'm asking you when you put those two together, this can stress you out. You need a thousand dollars to fund this Christmas and you and think about a normal month, right? Do you have a thousand dollars left over after you do everything you want with your money that month? There's a good chance not, right? So the thing is, is that there's other costs outside of this. Now you've got travel to go and visit family. You've got increased food costs due to you know the traveling or having to prepare a family meal for your friends or for your family or for your coworkers or whomever. This is all just scratching the surface of how much we spend during the holidays, right? And that's just coming off of a Thanksgiving holiday where we also have increased spending in November. So at this point, as you're going to the new year, you can see this is a hot topic. People feel financial stress at this time. People are not in their best headspace at this time. And it could be holidays bring you know, you know, there's good memories, bad memories, so forth and so on. And you, you tackle that and tack on financial stress and you have a whole nother animal that you're working with. So today I want to give you a way out today. I want to show you how you can prevent this next year. You can save Christmas. You can save Christmas and you can save Christmas for only joyous times, only jolly times, get rid of the money stress or, you know, at the, the the money stress I can help you get rid of being in crowded airports or being around family members that you you may or may not uh, enjoy being around. I can't do anything with that stress. You're still stuck with that one. But uh, when it comes to the financial part, I got you. You will you will. I, I, I promise you, if you do this, you will not have financial stress next year. OK, so let's jump in. So what we're going to start with is I'm going to go over what the topic is. The topic is a sinking fund. You saw it in the, in the title of this episode. A sinking fund is going to help you save Christmas. Now, what is a sinking fund? What is it? Well, simply put, it's an account that you're going to set money aside into each month. And this is going to be used for a single big purchase. And note I said single big purchase. Every single sinking fund needs to have a direct target. And we're going to get more into that in just a second. But great, you know, it's great for things like car repairs or even getting a new car. A sinking fund could be used for a wedding expense, uh, travel plans, uh, vacation or, or, you know, any other thing like that. Home remodeling. Uh, and well, for today's episode, it can be used for Christmas, right? It can be used for Christmas because a sinking fund is a fund that is going to be used to to save money to be used for a single purchase right now can you have multiple sinking funds sure could i be saving for a home remodel christmas uh clothes for kids school when they go back in in august september whenever kids go back to school nowadays uh, and travel sure you could have four sinking funds and how much you save into each is going to vary depending on what exactly your the goal is and what the timeline is. And we're going to get more into that. But simply put, a sinking fund is just a single, singular, single, one single account that is is meant for something. 
And I have to say that I want to, I want to be very, very direct when I say this is a single account. You shouldn't have all of your sinking fund money going into multiple, uh, multiple sinking funds saved into one account. And I do that deliberately. I recommend that deliberately because you want to see progress on all of them, right? I want to be able to see the progress I've made on my Christmas fund. I want to see the progress that I've made on my home remodel. I want to see the process, the progress I've made on my, my kids school clothes. I want to see that. And if it's just one big giant, gigantic savings account, which just, you know, you're just packing money into it doesn't like you, you're giving it a name, right? But now the name of the account is the the Christmas clothes kids remodel. Like like it doesn't like it's not as it's not as impactful, right? You can't see it. Like you just see this one big savings account, and technically, when how our minds work, when that account hits enough for the that like one of those projects, like home remodel, we might cash out the whole thing and just say, "Well, I'll, I'll do the home remodel now, and then I'll start saving back for the other ones." No, that's not how these work. <laughs> So I want to be very direct when I say that. I want to be very, very specific when I say that, that these should be separate accounts. Sinking funds should be separate accounts put in separate areas. Very, very simply put, one single account used for one single big purchase. Okay, so you're probably asking, why is this different than my emergency fund? Well, great question. First and foremost, great question. But they're, they're, they're similar in their makeup but they're not the same. Remember, a sinking fund, it could easily be a savings account, which is probably where your emergency fund is. Got it. So there's a similarity. Okay. I'll give you that one. Now, emergency funds are meant to turn emergencies into routine costs, right? So let's say your heater went out. So this winter storm hits, your heater goes out, you're desperate. You need warmth. You need to be warm. Well, that's where your emergency fund is going to come in. Your emergency fund is going to come in to make this emergency a routine cost. Okay, it's going to jump in. You're going to pull money out of it. Boom, pay for it, and you're done. Now, your goal of the emergency fund is to maintain three to six months of living expenses. That's kind of the goal over there. So when you take from it, you replace it. The sinking fund's different, right? You, you, the sinking fund, you're not taking from and replacing. You're taking when it hits the amount you need, you're spending it all, right? Because it is used to sink and fund as an account. You set aside money each month knowing how much you need. Like you have a target and the target is, is your goal for how much you're going to need to spend on that one big purchase. This is, this is the, the difference, right? This is the biggest difference. The, the sinking fund is for known costs. Like, you know what you are saving this money for. This money is for Christmas. This money is for a new car. This money is for kids' clothes. This money is to go back to college. It has a direct goal. When you hit your target, you spend it, right? Like, that is a sinking fund. An emergency fund, it just sits there. It sits there and it waits. It waits for... A, an emergency, something that's out of your hands that happens to you so that you can spend your money and get out of that emergency, right? Like that is the whole point of the emergency fund. You've got to have that money set aside for those unexpected costs. A sinking fund you haven't, there's, there's, you know, it's planned that that cost is coming. You know, Christmas is going to be here 12 months from now. 
Christmas is here again. Like, you know it. There's a timeline. There's a set time when you're going to need that money. And that's why the sinking fund is important. Got it? So pretty straightforward. But in four steps, I can walk you through creating a sinking fund. Four steps. Now, remember, this episode is about Christmas. This episode is about getting you ready for Christmas next year to relieve all financial stress. But here's the thing. If you can if you can do this for the Christmas, you can do this for the new car, you can do this for the kids' clothes, you can do this for the going back to college, you can do this for the remodel, you can do this for the new computer you want, you can do this for the new phone you want, you can do this for the new whatever you want, right? Like th- this can be used this this four-step process can be used for anything. Okay? Any big plan purchase. And when I say big, I don't technically always mean big cost, right? Maybe Maybe this is just something like I want to buy a new TV and the TV costs me $300, but I don't want to like, I like guess not something I really like need. Like I have a TV, it works. So maybe I'm just going to set aside $25 a month until I get my $300, right? Like it doesn't have to be this like, like home remodel or new car or, uh, you're, you're going back to college or like, it doesn't have to be like a technically big purchase, like thousands and thousands of dollars. But it, it could just be something that you just like you want something new and you just want to start setting money aside for it, right? Like that's all it is. That's all this is. So very quickly, I want to go through these four steps and it will show you how you can set this up for any type of account. Literally, any type of account, you can set this up. Okay? So let's jump into step one. Step one is you've got to know why you need a sinking fund. Pretty straightforward, right? For example, this episode is about Christmas 2023. You need a sinking fund. Why? Because you want enough money for Christmas in 2023, right? But remember, this can be used for anything. So you just need to figure out why. Why? What is this sinking fund going to be used for? Is this sinking fund going to be for me to, I don't know, start a new business is this sinking fund going to be for me to buy like i said a new car or buy uh the new phone or buy the whatever what is this for does your car need repair not not immediate repair but it needs it needs some some tender love and care well maybe just set a sinking fund for that put a six-month timeline on it or something like that right maybe that's a good one tires Tires, you have a little leadway on knowing when you need new tires. Create a sinking fund for it, right? Buy all all your all four new tires might cost you a thousand dollars. Don't let that sneak up on you. Don't let that be an emergency. Plan for it early. You see what I'm saying? Just figure out a why. Because this strategy can be used for anything. But if you can determine why you need a sinking fund, that's you're through step one. Figure out that and then say, yep, that's what my goal is. And 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 why do we do this? Why? We do this because, like I said at the beginning, every sinking fund needs a, a goal. We need a name for that sinking fund. It doesn't, if it's, if it's, this sinking fund is for my trip to Australia, it needs to be titled Trip to Australia. Like, it shouldn't be just this general savings account, right? It should have a direct goal, something you're striving for. You want the why, the why drives you to do it, Okay. So that's step one, identify it, give it a name. Step two, decide where you're going to put all this money. Now, 
savings accounts in a bank is probably the most obvious place to do these. Okay. Uh, they, they grew they do have their, they do accrue interest, right? So you can sort of get some free money along the way right now, interest rates on accounts. I think, um, I use Marcus, uh, through Goldman Sachs. I use their uh, high yield savings account. I think it just hit 3.3%, which is a really good return on your money for a savings account. Uh, but there's a, a whole bunch of others. Just Google high yield savings accounts and find you one. And that's a good place to start when you're looking for where can you put this money? You want it somewhere safe. You don't want it in a volatile market. You don't want to throw it into a uh, mutual fund or an ETF or something like that because you don't want this to like lose value over time. Could it grow? Sure. But you don't. That's not the point. The point is to grow this money in a safe manner. Savings account is probably the, the safest that can still accrue interest. Now, obviously, another option is to do cash, right? So you could take cash out and put it in a safe or an envelope in your house and, and lock it up and and save it that way. You can do that. I'm not telling you not to. Uh, you just you, you do forfeit the, the, the interest that it could be accruing. So a little bit of free money along the way, it could always be helpful. So up to you on where you save it. But step two is you just need to decide where you're going to put the money. Where are you going to save it? What type of account is this going to be in? So you, you, because ultimately that's where you're giving it a name, right? You create in the account and you're giving it that name that you picked out in step one. Okay. So step two is just decide where you're going to put it. Step three is you need to figure out how much needs to be in your sinking fund. Decide. For our example today, the average family spends a thousand dollars on Christmas. If that's your number, you need to figure out that's a thousand dollars. That's your goal, right? Because now you know where you're putting the money. You pick that in step two. You know the name of it, Christmas 2023 for our example today. And you know how much I'm picking a thousand dollars. If you want to spend more than a thousand, cool. Pick a higher number for your fund. If you want to spend less than a thousand, cool. Pick a lower number for your fund. The goal is just to pick a number, pick a goal, because at this point, you should know why you need the sinking fund, what that name is, where you're going to put the money, and how much you need in there. That's the information you need to have collected. Step three is deciding how much. If you wanted that new car and the new car costs 15000 well, there you go. From my example earlier, the TV, $300. If you want that new TV, there's your goal. Brand new TV is my step one. That's why I need my sinking fund. I'm going to put it in a savings account. Step two, step three, I need $300. That's an example, right? One more time. Step one is going to be why I need it. Christmas 2023. Step two, I'm going to put it in a savings account. And step three, I'm going to put $1,000, right? Like that's how you work through this. Now you have those three variables, right? You have You understand where you're going to put it. You understand why you need it. And you understand how much you need, right? So that puts us to step four. Easy, right? Easy four steps. Step four, figure out your timeline. Figure out your timeline. And then we're going to do a simple math equation. You can see it on the screen if you're watching. If you're listening on a podcast, don't worry. I'm going to walk you through it. Figure out your timeline. What you are needing to do here is you need to say, I need $1,000 by next Christmas, right? means I have 12 months to do it. Now, if if you're gonna if we're gonna use that as our example, we know that the the top portion of our of our equation is the total amount needed. So 
So we needed $1,000 in this case for Christmas. The bottom is going to be how many months until I need to, to make this purchase, right? Some have a very, very direct timeline, right? Like, you know, Christmas is 12 months away. So I'm going to take my thousand. I'm going to divide it by 12. I'm going to end up with $83 and 33 cents. We'll just round that to 84 for easy math. If you're putting this in a, in a savings account, maybe you could just round it down to 83 because the interest might get you to a thousand either way. What I'm saying here is you take your, your total amount needed and divide it by how many months until that purchase needs to be made. If you're buying a new car, your top number could be 15,000. Your bottom number could be, let's say, I don't know, let's say you want to buy it in three years. So 15,000 divided by 36, we need to save $416 a month, right? That's, that's saying you're putting it in a savings account. It's technically like 416, 67 or something like that. But if you're putting it in a savings account, you you probably will receive that in interest over time. So let's just let's call it that. Um, but ultimately, that's how this whole thing works. You're going to have your total divided by your month, and that's how much you're going to save each month in that account. The goal here is to you can see how we're 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 taking. You've heard this you know time and time again, but. You know, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. You can't take up, you can't eat the whole elephant in one bite, right? So don't try to attack Christmas that way. Don't try to attack buying a new car that way. Don't try to attack buying your new tires that way. Don't try to attack any of your financial problems by trying to do it all at once. Break this down into small little chunks. In this example, all we're doing is taking the total, the total amount needed for our, our sinking fund Dividing it, dividing it by how much time we have to do it, how many months we have to do it, and that's going to give us how much we need to save in that account each month. Too easy, right? Too easy. So timeline is totally up to you if there is no direct timeline on it. Uh, if you're saving for a wedding, for instance, and you know your wedding is 10 months away, well, there's your timeline. It's kind of, it's kind of set in stone, right? But some are a little bit more variable, and you can, you can say, well, I only have... $300 to save each month. So all of a sudden that could be like, if that's, if that's all you have to save each month, you know, then you kind of need to, you need to flip that around and say, well, I can't do it in 36 months because I need, I need the, the, the timeline to, to match how much I can save each month. So you may have to adjust your timeline, right? You may have to adjust that to where you're no longer trying to do 36 months. Maybe you're trying to get down to like the 50 month area so you can get closer to that, how much you can save, right? Because you did 50 months, you would have $300, right? $300 a month. So that kind of, you can, you can use that to your benefit so you can figure out exactly how long you have to do it. But ultimately the whole goal here is simply put to plan for these big expenses, plan for these purchases that are expected so that you can be ahead of the game. Another one that is great for using a sinking fund, and I just want to bring it up right here as we wrap up this episode, but we know every year in April is tax season. We know that. What if you maintained a small sinking fund on the on the chance that you have that you owe taxes at the end of the year, right? That's a great one to do. 
It's a great one to have because then it doesn't hit you as hard at that time of the year, right? You don't have to dig into that emergency as much, possibly, if you did that with a sinking fund, right? So just some ideas, just things I'm throwing out there. Uh, Christmas is is one good one because we know that that's something that kills people financially every year. So it's a real good reason to have a sinking fund. Uh, but other things like tax season is another great, great thing that you can do for your finances and stress. Now, I hope you're seeing how you can easily make this Christmas uh, next year much easier on you mentally, on your family, because you're no longer financially stressed. Um, but if you if you will start setting up sinking funds for all the purchases you want, it's going to do two things. First, it's going to take a lot of stress out of your finances. It's going to really help you feel a little better about your finances. And then two, when you make those big purchases, you're going to enjoy them just that much more because you're not going to be stressed. You're not going to have bought it and then have like this like buyer's remorse because you after you have it, you're like, man, like I'm out of money now. Like I just used all my money to buy that. So that's kind of the two things that that I want to to bring up. That's the two things that I wanted to to let you know that if you if you use these sinking funds, it'll, it'll allow those two things to happen. You won't be stressed about finances. You can enjoy your purchases just that much more. Now, as we wrap this up, if you are ready to take control of your finances and you want just a little help to do it along the way or just make sure you're on the right track. Head on over to thefinancialmirror.org and hit book now in the middle of the screen. Uh, I will get you on the books and we'll get you scheduled for a free consultation. Uh, only 15 to 25 minutes of your time. And we will see if a financial coach is right for you. And if it is, we'll get you booked on one of the many packages that I offer. And we will have you walking toward your financial goals in a positive manner. If you do want to give a little extra dose of support to the stream, Head on over to thefinancialmirror.org forward slash shop and pick you up some awesome financial mirror gear. I truly appreciate every single person tuning in today, and I could not be happier for you finding the financial mirror, right? If you're on YouTube or Facebook, please don't forget to like and subscribe to the page. If you're on a podcast platform of your choice, leave that five-star review and a written comment and like the stream. And as always, don't forget to share with all of your family, all of your friends, all of your coworkers. Every single topic that we cover here at the Financial Mirror is around you bettering your personal finances. It's around you getting better financially. And you is a variable. You is the variable of whoever listens to this will get better at their personal finances along the way. And that's the goal. So thank you so much for joining in, and I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Till next week, continue improving the one thing you can control yourself. Peace. Well, that wraps up today's Financial Mirror. Join us next week as we continue to work on ourselves, change our mentality, and to commit to achieving the success we always envisioned. Regardless of your platform, help us grow as a community. Please like, subscribe, and share with the people in your lives.